Hello and welcome to Reaching the Summit on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio in the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. I am Don Conklin, along with Teresa Conklin, and every month on Reaching the Summit we will meet successful business leaders who have climbed the mountain and reached the summit in their profession. We'll talk to them about their journey, the challenges they faced, and the lessons and insights they have learned along the way. Reaching the Summit is presented by Pinnacle Custom Signs. Get a more elevated look with your business signage. Visit PinnacleCustomSigns.com. Today, our guests are Brett Deloach, who is the general manager here at the Sinesta Hotel, and Tim McConnell and Brandon Wolf from RoofServe. So, gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. Really appreciate you being here. So, let's open up the questions. Teresa, you want to? Uh, Brett, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Sinesta and Sinesta brand? Yeah, Teresa, I'd love to. Don, thanks for having me this morning. Um, we, in the course of 24 hours, um, have doubled our brand size. Uh, we, we had 57 hotels on the 29th, uh, and on the 30th, we brought on 100 more new prop not new properties, but properties that converted from IHG hotels to Sinestas. Um, Sinestas recently uh, added another, I guess you call it brand. Um, we have uh, our uh, full-service Sinestas, our Royal Sinestas, uh, our ES Sinestas, which are extended stay, and as you know, this one's a dual property. And we've brought on um, some new, uh, a new brand called Simply Sinesta, mm-hmm. which are the Candlewoods and uh, some of the residence inns that converted over. So okay. very exciting time for us. Um, very, as you know, probably not the most well-known company in the world because we're not the Hiltons or the Marriotts. However, uh, Sinesta has been around for 80 years. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I know. It's a, and, and again, not, not a huge uh, huge brand, but we are starting to expand. And then February, we're actually taking on another 98 properties that are Marriott's that will convert over. So we go from 57 to about 300 in, in a couple of months during the pandemic. So a lot of excitement in our company. Um, you know, there was, there's still some worries about when is the business going to come back. But uh, at this time, we're, we're extremely excited and, and glad that we were one of the, the 15 full-service hotels that was able to stay open during the pandemic. So, That's wonderful. Yeah, it, it is. It's been a challenge, but uh, we're thankful. It's amazing, the growth, though. I know. Isn't that fantastic? So, yeah, a lot of opportunities. So, in Atlanta, there will be uh, six uh, Sinestas throughout the city. Um, actually, four. Yeah, about seven of us now, so it's great to, to have that. So we'll actually have our own little cluster here, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's kind of funny because a good friend of mine works at the corporate headquarters for IHG. Yeah. And the Crown Plaza, which is their main brand, which is sitting right in front of their corporate hotel, yeah. is going to be a Sinesta. Well, it was. And <laughs> I think, yeah, Don, I, I think that they worked a few things out okay. to make that to make that stay on their side. But we were excited about having that. It was a beautiful property yeah, there Yeah, they Virginia. just renovated it. Yeah, $50 million, I think, they yeah. put into the property. So actually, absolutely beautiful. But we, we, are, uh, we did convert the uh, Crown Plaza at the airport, okay. which is now full service, gotcha. uh, Sinesta North, and then the Holiday Inn which is a little south of that at the airport, so it's now Sinesta um, Atlanta right. Airport South. Yeah. Oh, cool. So do you know the what what the history of this building is and what it ha- what's the claim to fame for this building? Uh, part of it, yeah, and if I go, woo, real loud, will that be it? I'm not really sure if that's it or not no. about the history, but let me Well, he I, told me as we were pulling in today. Oh, did he? Okay, so, okay. Well, it's, it's just what is the claim to fame of this building, Mike? Do you know? Anybody here know? This is the tallest building oh, yeah, in Gwinnett. Gwinnett County. Yes, yes. I did know ever, that. Ever since it was built some 20-something years yep. ago. It's kind of amazing that, and what are we, 
seven, uh, 15 stories, 17 stories? Uh, seven, 16 stories, yeah. yeah. That no other building in a, in a county as big as Gwinnett yeah. has been built that's wow. bigger than that. It's kind of amazing, but, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a little trivia fact that not a lot of people know you can play with your friends in Gwinnett County. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know that mm-hmm. one. So, so, so Tom and, uh, and Brandon, tell us a little bit about your business and how you guys started. How long have you been in business doing this with, uh, as RoofServe? Yeah, we had the, uh, the really great idea to start our business earlier this year. <laughs> um, right after COVID hit. So we broke March ground. March 1st. Yeah, March 1st we started. Um, so we had a bunch of people quit their jobs to uh, to join us on this journey, um, which seemed like a great idea at the time and it's turned out to be a, a fairly great idea, you know, now. Um, we started with eight and we've got 36 employees now. Wow. Um, we're five million in our first year. So that's that's bootstrapping it that's out in the the field for tom and i running the company um in the early morning and then throughout the day you know being out in the field and and trying to grow this thing um and we're you know causing a huge disruption in the market so absolutely proud of that Mm -hmm. yeah he was the optimistic one i was very pessimistic because march 1st and we started hearing about that stuff and then when it landed in the united states the whole COVID thing i was like oh my gosh we just invested all this money into the company we're brand new. How are we going to get through this? And he's like, oh, we'll be fine. He's like, this is great. Everyone's home. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody's looking at their us. roof to see yeah. that needs to be repaired. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Well, I fu- mean, funny you should say that because last month we had a painter on, one of our friends who's a, who has a paint business. She said the same exact thing. He says people are looking at their walls when they're sitting at home, and they're like, I need to get that painted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now's the time to act. Exactly. So, um, Teresa and I started our business from scratch nine years ago. Well, nine and a half years. It's going to be ten years this year. Almost amazing. So, But we always say to people who are starting their new business that buckle up because the first two years will be two years of hell. So, how was your first nine months of hell? Uh, <laughs> it's honestly been a blessing. Like, it's gone better than what I, I – like I said, I'm the pessimist. I was like – yeah, I just thought it was going to be a lot harder because my dad, he started his own business and said, the first couple years, get ready. And then when COVID hit, I was like, all right, here's that, whatever, right. all that wise uh, wisdom that everyone's been telling me. But really, it's gone so smooth. And part of it is because me and Brandon are so just immersed into the business. Like, we're, we've been working six, seven days a week, and we were good at it before we started. And we also, you know, went to, there in roofing there's not a lot of uh college graduates just it's kind of like just a known thing it's you know skilled trade things like that well we went to uga got our business degrees and when we got into roofing we we're like hey let's uh take a different approach with this and we got a lot of college grads and you know it's just made things easy um and just a good group of uh our guys that do the the roofs are top notch and we pay them a lot to do uh really good work Oh, great. You know, that's interesting. So tell us a little bit about your background before you started this company earlier this year. Yeah, so we, uh, we're UGA grads, go dogs, um, and we were in the corporate world before this. Uh, Tom and I have known each other for 15 years, met in you know, ninth grade of high school, um, went to college together, lived together, had our, our corporate jobs where we sat right next to each other, so we did a similar thing. Uh, Tom worked in the skilled trade, and I was on the nurses and scientific side. Uh, something we were really good at, just not passionate about. Um, so that kind of led into when we when we left that business, 
Uh, we got together at Tom's house, you know, without a job, without anything lined up, and we just got to brainstorming. And we spent about seven or eight days just coming up with some of the worst ideas um, you can imagine. Um, so we've immortalized that chalkboard uh, and we hang that in our office because what could have been uh, isn't. And, and what is, is is just fantastic in this incredible opportunity. So uh, weren't always aimed this direction, but man, we're sure glad that we landed here. So, so what's the craziest thing on the chalkboard? Craziest thing on the chalkboard? Um, I, it's at my house right now, and we're moving it to the office. I think Sea Burgers is probably the weirdest thing. Sea Burgers, that that's yeah. got to be the top one. And what is a Sea Burger? So we're we're into health and fitness, okay. and and just hunting, fishing, that whole thing. And we wanted to create a fast food chain that instead of having beef burgers because you know everyone's on these vegan kicks and all this stuff back and forth back and forth we were going to make like salmon and tuna burgers and just call the whole place sea burgers so i mean it could it could could you know know, know. if somebody does it they owe us you know (laughs) some t-shirts at least (laughs) so so brad how long have you been here at this hotel it will be three years in february great and Mm so uh how long have you been in the industry 30 years. I started uh, as a bellman, uh, was in, in college, uh, you know, needed a job and had a, had a career fair at the hotel. I wanted to be behind the front desk and young ladies, no, you need to start as a bellman. So I started as a bellman and I'll tell you how I landed here. Um, you know, 30 years later, uh, I get a, a LinkedIn invite, and I didn't recognize, I recognized the first name, but not the last name, and I kept going, she looks familiar, she looks familiar. It was the young lady that hired me as a bellman. She's now the she's now the vice president of human resources for Senesta, and she had reached out, and what a small world that oh, we live in, right? Story. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It is. Started out up in Philadelphia and, and worked my way around, and uh, yeah, so it came here, I don't know, 12, uh, eight years ago, was at the uh, Doubletree and Tucker, Managed that for a six and a half, well, six years, and then came over here, so it'll be almost three years in February. Wow. Yeah. So what makes the Sinesta brand different from your Marriott's and your IHG brand? Did Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, I think it's our team members. We have what's called our culture of caring, mm-hmm. um, and you know, a lot of care goes into the team. Um, we, we try to get to make sure the team's well taken care of because that'll reflect back to the guest and, okay. um, you know, happy team member, happy guest and the guest returns. You know, in our industry, it's all about for Sinesta. For us, it's about, well, gosh, I didn't realize that was even a Sinesta. What is a Sinesta? You know, those kind of things. But once we get people into the door, mm-hmm. um, the service that we deliver, uh, you know, in my opinion, is, is probably the best that you'll get even around the city. I mean, our banquet team does a great job. We've got a great culinary team. Um, sales team is awesome and it's just it's just getting the awareness out there of what we do and Mm -hmm. and that how good we are at doing it so that's what makes us special awesome yeah awesome what about the culture at roof serve yeah i mean that was something we really wanted to invest in uh we knew culture for younger people a lot of the people that work with us are you know that millennial type thing and you can get burnt out just doing the the nine to five or just everything's monotonous so we we really invested heavily into that. So we have like a really fun office. We have a pool table, dartboard, TVs everywhere, you know, playing ESPN. Um, and we do a lot of company outings. I mean, like we're doing company outings probably once or twice uh, a month. And then, you know, we 
just we, we have that whole work hard, play hard type mentality. And, like, at the end of the year, whoever hits a certain thing, we're all going on – this is for next year. We're all going on, like, a Cabo trip, uh, the whole team, things like that. I mean, it's, it's been a blessing to be able to have that mm-hmm. in place. You know, it's, it is an investment uh, into culture. So, yeah, I mean, we, we pride ourselves in that. Yeah, we also have a triple tap kegerator full of nitro cold brew coffee. So if you want a, a salesperson performance enhancer, you just you do one or two cups of that. It's something that was oblivious to us until we got it, and then it just – I mean, people will drink it, and they'll just be geeked out. So It's it, intense. It makes for a more passionate salesperson. We have a kegerator, but it's full of the traditional stuff, and we do it in the <laughs> afternoon. Gotcha. So, but, hey, you know, it's life in the big city. And we have a Starbucks yeah. up the street, so. Yeah. So, but – so what's the secret sauce? I mean, that's it's an incredible story. If you guys could do $5 million in your first calendar year, it's absolutely – you don't hear many small businesses that open up and do that. So what do you, I mean, what do you, what do you attribute it to? We can't give you the secret sauce. We'll tell, yeah. you, we'll tell you a little bit about the recipe, though. No, that's fine. Um, so really, I mean, this roofing is no new thing, especially the insurance aspect of it that we take. Um, everybody's trying to play the same game and just – you know, outgrind each other. Um, I think for Tom and I, we realized early on that everybody was kind of sick and tired of the, am I getting taken advantage of, you know, on the residential side? And do I need to do a ton of research to feel good about trusting these guys? And something with our business is we don't charge upgrades. We do the best possible system, no matter what, whether it's low paying, whether it's high paying. Um, we just feel like when we're making commitments and, and people are trusting us, we might as well do the best job we can even if the money's not always there. And that's led to a tremendous amount of referrals. Um, and we filled the gaps where, where our team needs us. Tom's wife, he actually just got married last year. She was deployed shortly, shortly after to Iraq. So with COVID going on and Tom being a newlywed and his wife being shipped overseas and serving our country, um, you know, he's devoted you know, 12 to 14 hours a day for the last 10 months, which I'm sure you couldn't do if uh, if she was home, but that's ending Saturday. She yeah. gets back Saturday, so no well, congratulations. more uh, no more laptops in my bed at, at 11 p.m. going through payroll and all that. So yeah, and the fun is. thing is, Tom hasn't told her much about the entirety of our success. She doesn't know. So when wow. she gets back, she doesn't really know. Yeah. She's like, "How is everything?" And I said, "It's good. It's going good. You know, we're just keep chugging along." She really doesn't know. Yeah, we, we haven't shut the doors yet. You know, don't yeah. worry about it. We'll we'll, we'll make it. We'll make yeah, it. yeah, it's gonna so. be funny when she gets back, and so she's gonna be joining our team as well. Oh, so great! She's gonna be working full time with us. So, but so where do you, what's your service area, and where do you get all your all your customers are insurance referrals, or what is? What's uh, I'd say like? about ninety five percent are insurance. Um, we do a great job, so people that want to forego that route, they'll pay you know out of pocket for their roof, and you know we'll absolutely not turn them away and we'll do a great job for them but yeah about 95 percent are insurance um and our service area is primarily uh swanee johns creek alpharetta milton um and really there's no hard stop on where we'll go you know if someone needs our help we'll we'll come out there yeah we've done work all the way down in macon griffin even um, birmingham birmingham wilmington north georgia south carolina so we we cover a wide variety and is it commercial is it commercial and residential yes okay mainly residential on right. the on the insurance side it's 
at least in this region, it's hard for to have a severe enough storm to damage like a flat TPO roof. Um, it can happen though, but yeah. it's not as common. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, so Brett, back to you. As far as the shift in the hotels that we we just talked about earlier, mm-hmm. that's obviously a response to the whole pandemic market. So I guess Sinesta sees the half the glass half full, and the other guys are trying to conserve cash. Is that the read on that? Or well, what? so we manage the property uh, for a group called RMR, and uh, they own three or four hundred hotels, um, and then all, I think all the Travel America truck stops throughout the country are theirs as well. So we manage the portfolio uh, for them. Um, and then when they had some run-ins with IHG, that's how we they said, well, we'll just convert, convert them over to Sinestas. But um, I admire them a lot. Um, while we did, uh, like probably like a lot of hoteliers had to do, we went from 103 team members down to, I think our lowest at one point was 20. Um, and then we've brought back, we're up to 38 now. Um, it's very – I don't even like to talk about it a whole lot because I'm, I'm a little emotional. But anyways, uh, it's been a rough year. Um, a third of our occupants – so we're at 20% occupancy for the year. Where last year we were running 66. Um, a third of our total revenue of what we were last year. So if you take that as a company at 50 – well, just just do the full service, you know, at 15 full service and everybody's down, you know, a third of the revenue from last year makes it extremely challenging. So um, – it's just been really hard for for me to deal with you know some of the team members that we had to 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 uh, furlough and then it, it unfortunately went into separation had been with the company for 30 and 35 years and uh we're hoping to bring them back soon um try to stay in touch with as many people as we can um it's just if we don't if the business traveler is not traveling it's very hard it's very hard for hotels you know to, to really make it we can still you know we still get local guests and things like that people coming in from out of town but um it's been extremely uh challenging for everybody so but the company's done a, a, a great job of making sure that trying to get everybody taken care of and um showing and they really care and we all care about them and it's just been been a rough year been a rough year for me hard hardest one i've ever been in the 30 years that i've worked yeah. i mean we you know 9-11 wasn't good either but um this is just this is something that I'm hoping in second quarter next year, I hope, that well, we get back to well, somewhere. Well, it just doesn't normalcy. seem to ever end, and that's what's frustrating, I think, to me at least. Right, we get it. close, and then boom, there's a spike yeah. again. You know? So, I mean, we've, we've, we've had to do things like uh, we could uh, sit 500 people in our ballroom for, for a dinner or whatnot. Now we're down to max uh, 160 with social distancing, and uh, all buffets are now served by my team members, and everybody wears masks and gloves, and there's, you know, the guards are up, and However, um, the people that the, the guests that are having their functions, their weddings, we had a meeting yesterday for 45, um, are all telling us that they're, you know, ecstatic that we're here, that we're open, and the team's doing such a good job. And um, which to me is great. It's it's good to have that little business. We're getting excited. Last night, and we have 300 rooms in my full service tower. We did almost 100 last night, and we've only done over 100. What Fourth of July, Labor Day. You know, bigger yeah. holidays. Yeah. And normally, it's it's thirty rooms a night, forty rooms a night. So it's very uh, hard. But but we're we're pushing through. I've got like I said, 
great professionals that work with me. Um, we have great, uh, you, you know, uh, partnerships. You know, Mike and Amanda, and uh, I, I, you know, you just can't thank to thank people enough for hanging in there with us and being there for us. So yeah, that's great. You yeah, know, it's a, it. The travel industry is always one of those things that um, is one couple of industries that are being decimated really by COVID. The small businesses, restaurants, businesses, and the travel industry. Uh, Teresa and I have been big cruisers. Yeah. You know, we're uh, right. We're big cruisers, right? Yeah. We've, how many cruises have we had canceled? And <laughs> our our goal. Oh God, is, I can't even keep up with yeah. how many he's booked and canceled. Yeah. yeah. So they keep canceling on us because our goal is um, we have two sons that work for us in our business, and so our goal is to have them take over for us. Sure. So our goal is every year to take more and more vacation to see if they crash the business or not. Now, one, one, one time we were on vacation on a cruise ship, and the building caught on fire. Um, <laughs> but uh, that was okay, because they actually put out the fire. <laughs> it got everything going. When, I got, when we got back, that was the second day of our nine-day cruise. Wow. Wow. Teresa's like, we're getting off at the next no, port no. and flying back. <laughs> and I'm like, no, let them handle it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and they're 32 and 30, you know. And so mm-hmm. they they called the insurance adjuster, got, you know, the, everything going, the, the uh, restoration company and everything. And so by the time we got back, the only thing I had to do was fight with the insurance company, which we all know is going to happen anyhow. Next time, right? call us. We'll yeah, you weren't in business at that point in time, though. So, but uh, – yeah, uh, I'll definitely get your card from that standpoint. But yeah, it's it is it is interesting. So what do you, what do you think? I think I know the answer from for you guys. What's the biggest challenge in your business right now? I mean, so we we look at challenges in a different way. Okay. You know, it's more of a if there's something that we just really hate that just popped up, we kind of laugh about it. You know, the best we can because we know we're the guys that have to fix it. There's nobody to call. Um, so it's a great feeling though isn't it it's yeah it's a great feeling we've kind of yeah. fallen in love with just loving to be the catch-all for the team so 36 guys problems um, mm-hmm. all land here um, I'd say the biggest challenge for us immediately is um, being absolutely present for our team members we had a lot of people quit their jobs to do this and they did it in a time that was really a dangerous time to do that we're talking about people that were engineers uh, you know, executives, of, logistics of, people, yeah, stuff and, like that. Yeah. So we we wear that weight of okay, they've got the spouse, the the kids on the way. Most of our friends are right at the having children age. Um, so I think the biggest challenge is, as well as it's going, to not let our foot off the gas because once that happens, this is a cyclical, momentum-driven business where. Uh, when we do that, even if you know we've made you know some good money this year or, or next year, um, it's going to affect you know 60, 70 people all at once. So um, keeping that in our mind, you know, not taking the easy route at, at any turn, and um, you know, keep doing what's working for us. Yeah, and that's more of like a weight, a responsibility that we feel when we bring someone on with roof serve, like it's. It's not just like, hey, let's let's give this a shot with this guy or this girl. It's like if they're when we interview them, we tell them if this job doesn't improve your life or make you a better person or just make your life better, then this isn't going to be a good fit for you. Like we have that is our duty and obligation is this has to improve your life significantly. Mm-hmm. 
And so we always carry that burden because it, it did that for us. And then it did that for our immediate family members that work with us. And then it did that for our immediate friends. And so we just have this streak going on where we don't want to lose someone like Mm -hmm. where we have them quit their job and their salaried or their hourly to do a hundred percent commission job and then that you know be a bad decision in their life right so we don't want that happening you said you thought you knew what the challenge was well for us most small businesses finding good employees yeah Mm. right because Mm. at that point in time like we're we have 20 okay we don't have 36 we've just got our 20th and we have five core values that we actually look at people and interview based upon it, right? And they're, they're common, but they're a culture that gets built when you have that many people. And a lot of our people are in the office. They're not like out, you know, three guys on a crew and stuff like that. They're all sitting together. So our, I mean, our core values are have a positive attitude, have fun being part of a team, be driven, which is the key one, be driven mm-hmm. like you guys were talking about. Then, then you know, provide excellent customer service and take pride in workmanship by providing a quality product. Pretty simple, right? So yeah. you're sit, mm-hmm. sitting in an interview, and I'm, I'm saying, hey, let's, here's the culture of this company. And I know exactly what you're going to say. You're going to say, oh, yeah, I have all of those because I'm in a job interview and I'm looking for a job, right? I said, but I'll tell you what, and Teresa said, hate me for saying this again. I said, we will find out real quickly, probably within a month, whether you have them or not. Because if you don't have them, you're going to be very, very uncomfortable around here. And you're going to wind up being ejected like a virus. And that's, mm-hmm. not, that's, that's not to say that it's because you're a bad person. It's just because your value set doesn't yeah. fit up. We've had, to get, we've had to let go of some people that were good people that just didn't line up with the values. And if the whole team is built around the values and you get one person who's not, right, it tends to shift well, the Well, and it's not always the culture fit because one that we recently let go, she had all the, the right culture, the right core values. It's just she wasn't a good fit for the job she was trying to do. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, and the, and you got to weigh both of those aspects. Yeah, and we, we feel the same way. We come across guys that want to work for us that sell a tremendous amount of roofs. Um, but we always say that our duty is to our raft. You know, if we bring somebody in that may pop that raft, you know, it's a disservice to our team, regardless of whether it'll drive revenue and profits for and the company. And that's growing slowly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That way we can protect that. Yeah. So do you have anything similar? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Team members are hard to find. Um, good ones, when, right. you know, when, when times are, are good. And now, believe it or not, even now we're struggling to find team members to bring in uh, to help where we don't have any out there right. that are on furlough or have been mm-hmm. released. So. Um, that that definitely is a challenge here. I mean, we we all when all this started, my entire you know my from myself through my entire executive committee team to all the managers, you know it's a different way of working now. I mean, I, I just put this on today, but normally I go get all the garbage and take it out and you know go upstairs and if we have big groups we have to get the linen down and we just don't have anybody to do it, so we all do it. I mean that's part. So everybody pitches but, in. But I started 30 years ago in the business where it was okay we need you to work you know seven days in a row and you'll be working two shifts a day so i was used to i was always brought up to work like that it was just that's what it does to get the job done that's what right. we're going to get the job done and sometimes you don't find that nowadays that's why i was just curious to ask the the sellers sure. here and i think it's a great concept and i may not be in a business or wouldn't know that because i couldn't do it in this business but you said you all brought on mostly people that you've worked with are friends of yours 
I think that sounds great, but have we had any conflict yet where there's where there's turmoil amongst you know friends? I've never I, I've never had anybody really that's owned their own business. I know a couple of my friends, but they didn't bring people like best friends through college that live together. I'm sure you two could make it happen, but does, yeah. is it hard with everybody else or is it is it not that bad? We we actually have a, a drama free unit like all of our friends we're, we're l- low-key um so you're very lucky yeah, now exactly. we, we, there was in the beginning there was a few uh some guys like to partner up and sell together sure there'd be a little you know tension there yep. in the beginning yep. and then they would then they'd have to nail down okay and it was like job responsibilities you know one person would be thinking they're what they're doing is more important than the other and then we just had to we had to explain because we partnered up when we first started we worked together selling roofs and uh you know we, we just had good advice you know hey this is how you do it this is how you work good. together but good. brett to your point i mean they're they say hey you know don't work with your friends because you know you could end some friendships yeah. um probably 20 percent of tom and i's job is just keeping the peace i hear you um so we've got to be like a best friend but also kind of a parent and kind of a boss all at once right uh, to these guys separately and then bring them together and you know yeah. fix the problems I will tell you one of the things that smooths most things over is we're one of the the highest paying roofing companies as far as like what we pay our salespeople yeah. as a company we could make a tremendous amount more if we held some more back but this started as a thing where we didn't believe in you know the market standard for commission um, and this is purely commission job so bringing all our friends in it just kind of became this thing where if we can pay them more than anybody else you know with fair wage for fair work um and then be happy i mean there's there's little to complain about at that point you know other than just little spats here and there that are easy to stomp out Mm -hmm. that's great because i know that through my course of, of of coming up and whatnot it's really hard uh to make relationships for me at work because when you have to hold people accountable hey let's go get a drink every you know every other you know monday and wednesday for six weeks and all of a sudden you've got to hold that person accountable it's woo, 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 you know way he just it, it can cause some you know right rift there Absolutely. so yeah. i was just curious and that sounds great and i you know i wish you guys nothing but best of luck because i think it's phenomenal especially if you're making that kind of money in your first I mean, when did you start march march first good for you guys yeah. congratulations and, and a part of that too and i just it just came to my mind it's not really like a core value or anything, but it's just something we constantly just talk about and try to exemplify to everyone. It's this, cliche as it sounds, it's this alpha mentality. Mm -hmm. Because they're going out there and you you eat what you kill. Right. If you don't feel confident that you can do that, then there's gonna be problems. So a part of that alpha mentality is it's you, everything's your responsibility so you can't start putting blame and start you know that's mm-hmm. not that type of mentality the mentality is like what you were saying is let's get whatever we have to do to get the job done is what we're going to do and i'm not going to complain about it i'm going to get it done because i'm being paid the highest commission possible in this industry and it's worth it yeah and i on that note see i, I like that you said that your team members own it and that's kind of when we're when when you do this for a living, it doesn't matter what brand you work at, right? It's uh, it's what you know. I want to see for my team, and the way that I like to do it is, if a guest calls downstairs and has an issue, you now own it. You need to listen. You need to get it taken care of. You need to tell people what you're doing, who you're doing it for, and 
all the way till the end, not, hey, this guest is unhappy. Can you give him a call? Well, no. You know, you've got them. You need to do it. You can handle it. I, You know, I, I nothing I'm going to hold you back. You know, you do what you need to do to get the guest taken care of. So yeah. that's good. That well, it's very that. empowering to the it employees. Is. Absolutely. I think that's great that y'all are doing it that <sighs> we way. We try to do it that way. But I will tell you, you know, one of our biggest challenges is keeping – uh, you know our friends accountable when we do have to have that serious talk yeah. like hey this is the standard uh we got to put our friendship aside because this is how it is yeah. and it's bigger than well, sometimes it's like a shock going from a salaried position to that where you can spread blame across the the company or right. the department or whatever it is and then coming into this where it's a hundred percent you it can be a shock, so we have to train them in, in that mentality and get them yeah. set up for that because that's the only way to succeed that's to great. the highest level. Yeah. Well, if you have a drama-free workforce, I want to come work for you. It's, yeah. it's great. <laughs> it's not bad. Talk about um, working with family, right, Teresa? Oh, yeah, plenty of drama there. Uh, we've almost had to uh, fire a son. That would have been great. Oh, yeah. no. That would have been good for Thanksgiving and Christmas conversations, right? No, and, there, and he was young, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things where – the drama in the workplace, you know, and that's that's the challenge for my sons because Teresa and I are a little bit older than our workforce, right? The oldest employee outside of us is 47, okay, and then most of them are in their 20s and 30s, right? So it's kind of hard to not be mom and dad as well as being the owners of the company, right? So that's kind of how they look towards us as well. Um, but I have the same philosophy that Brett has. If, you know, if you get a call, it's yours. I tell people all the time, I said, listen, there's nothing you can mess up that I can't fix. I mean, it may be costly to fix it, but if you think it's the right thing to do, it's following the core values, it's taking care of the customer, just do it, okay? Because that's what the company is all about, right? You know, it's, 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 it's how you, the customer perceives you, Right. And, you know, for us, it's not as much as, can you make a good sign? You know, well, I was going to ask you guys a question. Can you, get, can you guys roof a house? Oh, yeah. You can? Yeah, well, yeah that's the easy part. Any you're, house. You're better than me, then, because I can't design a sign, I can't make a sign, and I can't install a sign. Because I came from telecom. Teresa and I were in the phone company for 20, 30 years before we started working here and, and built this company. But what we did is we went ahead and hired professionals that were already in the industry. Right, and piece the team together from that standpoint. This way, when if someone asked me to go do, go fabricate a electronic sign, I'm like, well, I really can't do that. But I can go get the customers for you, and I can go ahead and run the company for you. But I can't do the other technical stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so how was it for you guys? Uh, I'm assuming your other job was a white collar job. That yeah. you were. Yeah, it was corporate recruiting. <laughs> okay, so how was it going from a white collar environment? to a blue-collar environment, because we did the same thing. We went from a truly white-collar business in the telephone company to a blue-collar trade industry in the sign business. So how was the swap for you guys? It was uh, it was definitely liberating, you know. Um, I'll tell you, and, and while you guys think highly of me, um, my, my exit from the white-collar job wasn't voluntary. I, I was let go. Um, that basically, um, long story short, I asked off for vacation. You know, we're big scuba divers and spear fishermen, um, and I asked off, and they rejected my time off. I'd already bought my plane ticket. I'd already had all these ideas about what we were going to do. Um, 
So I built a, a mannequin at my desk with <laughs> a headset on it and um, had a volleyball. They had a volleyball in the office. I didn't bring that. I'm, I'm it's partly up. their fault for having the volleyball in the office. Yeah, and I, you know, they had rubber gloves, really everything I needed to construct this this dummy, and my desk was in the corner and, you know, a kind of a, a neck-high cubicle, so it looked like I was sitting over there just being a little bit strange with my hood on, um, and they didn't know I was gone until almost 1 o'clock, and it just said, gone fishing on a sticky note. I thought it was funny. I even... You know, at, at the times when I was on Snapchat, I put it on Snapchat, and they, they, um, they had that as evidence when I got back on Monday. I had a fantastic trip. Um, I got back on Monday, and, you know, I got a, a calendar invite that I, I needed to be met with. And I looked over at Tom, and I was like, hey, you know, don't touch my desk. You know, I want all my stuff. <laughs> Went in there. Um, you know, they, they politely told me that they did not think it was as funny as I thought it was. And, um, you know, I got all my vacation and personal time paid. So um, it was really something that yeah, I didn't feel I'm not I didn't feel in my spirit that I could quit something. But I really just so strongly rejected what I was doing on a daily basis. I think they were asking me to, to get nurses to quit jobs that were better than the ones I was offering. Oh. So it was just somewhat against my spirit. It wasn't necessarily me just being, you know, hoodlum. But um you know, towards the end, I was calling nurses saying, hey, if anybody calls you with the jobs I have, don't take it because what you've got is so much better. This is the long picture for you. Um, and then they didn't like that either. So um, it was all a God thing. You know, if I had not done that, Tom was actually offered a promotion two days later and uh, and turned it down um, and withdrew from the company. He said, you fired my best friend. I'm, I'm out of here. Um, and then we got into roofing approximately three weeks later. So yeah. um, funny how things work. Um, still have the picture of the mannequin. I th still think it was a good idea, you know. Oh, I think it's a great. I think it's a great idea. Are you kidding? Yeah, you wait know, until one of your employees does that. Well, you know that's fine for them. I, you know, the only thing that comes to mind is office space. You know, it's yeah, like, it's that's, like, yeah. Um, I love that movie. TPS reports, right? TPS. You know, that's right from that standpoint. Because yeah, corporate America is is interesting from that standpoint. But um, so. Can you work for a roof serve if you went to Georgia Tech? Oh yeah, my father you, went you to Georgia can. Tech. Okay. And Tom's dad did the. I mean, pool you, at you can. Tech. You just have to be in the corner, and then when we have outings, you you get a, a limit, a spending limit. So you don't get the same as everyone I, else. I figured as much. So yeah, I mean, they can still definitely work for. And us, the big but. question is, really on the. <laughs> the big question is. Will Saban retire before Kirby ever beats him? Is a big question. What oh, do you guys Kirby's going to beat him. You think so? We're everybody else is 0 for 20. All the assistants, um, but we're going to get him next time. We were actually there at the SEC championship when Tua threw that ball deep, and we were looking at each other like, "Man, it is going to happen," but we both knew it wasn't. Yeah, so, you know, it was it was strange. My uh, my nephew is a huge Georgia fan. We were watching the Alabama game a couple of weeks ago when Devonte broke the TD record for Southeastern Conference, right? And he he scored a thirty third touchdown. He goes that breaks the record. And I look at my my nephew and I said, "Do you know where he caught his first touchdown pass?" He looks at me. He goes, "That wasn't his first one, was it?" "Oh yeah, that was his first touchdown pass." He goes, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> <laughs> but it is funny because. We have. I went to. I went to Alabama, so I'm not a bandwagon fan. I have the degree to show it, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of Alabama fans are Alabama fans, just to be Alabama fans. Mm -hmm. um, but we have houses divided because 
my son's wife is a Georgia fan, Georgia fan. So, you know, we'll be in the house watching the Georgia-Alabama game, especially the SEC championship game. Was it two years ago? One upstairs, one downstairs, right? And the TV was on a delay. Oh, no. <laughs> you yeah, hear the just, cheering downstairs. That's it's not like, fun. Damn it. <laughs> well, I, I, I assume with your culture, you know, you talk a lot about sports and things like that and a lot of guys from that standpoint. So, mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it is a camaraderie thing. You know, I, I, you see it all the time in the South, uh, more so. Uh, I grew up in New Jersey, and it was all about professional sports up there. Down here, it's really a lot more about collegiate sports, which is kind of fun. You yeah. know, I think it's kind of interesting. Although we do have a couple of contracts with the Hawks, and thank the Lord that Hawks are coming back because we put down their court graphics. So we lost. Oh, that's awesome. We lost yeah. thirty thousand dollars in business when the p- pandemic hit because Hawks didn't play anymore down the right. Omni, at the yeah. Omni, the State Farm Arena. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that helps out, and they're going to start. We're actually putting. They have a. Um, they're putting down a brand new court, a Martin Luther King court. Which is going to be really cool, and we're going to put the graphics on that one. So that'll be really cool from from their standpoint. So what size is that? Is it? It's if you ever look at the um, on TV and you see like Chase on the in front of the in front of the bench Mm -hmm. on sidelines, those are the graphics we put down. They're like thirty five foot long, and so when they have games on national TV versus uh, regional TV, they got to change those out. So every time they switch from national TV to regional TV. We got to go down there and change the graphics, which is that's really it's a, cool. It's a good, it's a good deal, right? You got to have a. It's it's from that standpoint, and they remembered us, you know, because we they had given us a contract for thirty thousand dollars. They couldn't fulfill. They said we don't have the money to fulfill it. Um, but you know, next time we come back, and they called us immediately when they knew that what their schedule was going to be, which was great from yeah. that standpoint. Mm-hmm. Again, it's the customer service aspect, right? Absolutely. And that's what I heard from you, Brett, and and, and Tom, and, and and Brendan, is that. Brendan, is that it is customer service, right? And everybody says customer service. And I, I find that interesting. And what sets you apart? Customer service. I mean, who doesn't say customer service? Um, except for the guys who say low price, right? And um, so I, I would assume that you guys are not low price, right? We're, we're probably Com- competitive, but we're, not we're, lowest. We're absolutely competitive. We're probably higher middle. You know, we, we install the most expensive architectural shingle you can install because it is the best product so how do you, how do you convince your salespeople that if they get underbid by someone else it's not a bad thing well we we just tell them to keep moving on you know if someone wants to go with the low bid that's that was their narrative the whole time so you know we we try to explain where we're going to be at before we even cross that bridge so they so they know mm-hmm. yeah. well your industry is a lot like ours there's a lot of people who are one man shows yeah mm-hmm. and they don't they might have insurance they might not have insurance they may have a license they may not have a license and it's kind of tough to compete on price with someone like that but you guys will always be there right yeah and that's that's what really counts from their standpoint right so but so 2021, what do you think is the big challenge for uh, Sinesta and your brand in 2021 Ooh. besides COVID? <laughs> That's it. I mean, that, that, that it really, it's it, Don. I, you know, if, like I said, if the business traveler doesn't come back, it's, it, we're going to struggle for a while. I mean, we are starting to get some of our group business that we lost. They're going to start coming back in January, which is a good thing. Um, but we, we just got to get past the hurdle, and and once we do, uh, I think things will really take off. Adding all those, adding all these properties on with us, you know, 
uh, as you all, and I'll just put it to, to you this way, as you all know, uh, everybody is a rewards member, right? Whatever. You know, Kroger, right. Marriott, Hilton, Sinesta. Okay, so the question is, if you're a business traveler, do you stay at a place that when you go to visit your parents or your grandparents where there's maybe five hotels there, Marriott, whatnot, but there's not a Sinesta, who, who are you going to stay with to pick up those points that's going to pay for it later down, you know, get you a free stay down the road? So adding all these to our rewards program, having those extra properties will certainly be a big boost. And I'm excited about that. Um, I'm excited about going to some of them, too, where I can stay, um, you know, and the team can stay for a, a, sub, a, a huge discount. Um, and and once we get through it and get the vaccine going and people back out traveling, I think we're going to come back just fine. But it's been a rough go at it so far. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure it has been for everybody. Well, but Except for roof serve, we've gotten $5 well, million dollars in yeah. nine months. <laughs> so is next year $10 million? What's your goal? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're absolutely, yeah. If you look at our last four months compared to our first five months, you know, we're doing almost double monthly than we were then. Um, so yeah, it's it's absolutely ten million. Where our sales team has tripled um, in the last four months. Um, so we're excited. I think the biggest challenge for us is even though we've done it, um, you know, when when we work with the residential folks and it's a one-time touch point, you know, because we do a great job. There's no leaks or anything like that. Um, it's it's not getting comfortable. Um, you know, and not being present there for each sale because we've done, you know, Tom and I together now almost 1500 roof changes, uh, personally, you know, in our personal sales. So, um, I think just keeping it interesting and fun, um, and being there for our guys and, and upholding those oaths to them of, you know, when they left their positions to do this, um, you know, and, and making everything incredibly transparent. That's something you know, math doesn't change. So if you sell a really profitable job, I mean, that's reciprocated to you in your pay. So just always keep in that aspect. And then, uh, you know, we're a faith-based company, so keeping God first. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Always. Gotcha. Yeah. And then one one other little factor that is slowing us down, just on the COVID subject, kind of things that are inhibiting our business is, uh, as weird as it sounds, it's the shingle color selection right now. So the manufacturer's only producing like three colors when we had about 10 to choose from. And just so when someone wants that color and they're dead set on it, it could take another month to two months before we can get that color in. It's it's truly amazing how the COVID has affected all supply chain yeah. in almost every industry. Definitely supply chain. I mean, that's the biggest thing that we see. And it, it kills us because we'll have a schedule set out. We'll order the material and then our supplier will call us, hey, we're we're out of that, a truck's not coming with that color for another two weeks. And then we gotta tell the homeowner, sometimes they're understanding, sometimes they're not. It, yeah, it's like our guest here, um, we, we not enough business to open the bar, not enough business to open the restaurants. So we're basically just doing grab and go breakfast, but, and we've removed just about everything you can touch out of the room, you know, the pad, the pen, the laundry bag, and all those things. Some guests get it, and some guests don't get it and don't understand why why is it like this why you know or why is the restaurant not open so i have to go you know so politely you know if it was your business and you know your payroll was four hundred dollars over there for the day and your sales was a hundred dollars can you take a loss of three hundred dollars a day for ten months uh you can't do that you know And, and we posted it everywhere and you know some like i said some guests get it 
some don't. Um, I wouldn't find it that way in the you know shingle industry, but now I'm thinking, well, yeah, they probably had to cut back too because mm-hmm. you know the first couple of months really put everybody in a bind. So it's interesting to know, but uh, you try to explain it as nice as you can, and um, you know offer uh, offer other alternatives. So I, yeah. I I feel you guys on that. Yeah. So if customers wanted to reach you, how how do they reach RoofServe? I mean, they can look us up online. Um, they can we have great reviews uh yelp um we're local so i mean it's it's really easy to get a hold of us and you know someone always answers the phone i mean it's a an immediate thing this is not like they're going to go to a voicemail yeah just google roof serve with no e (laughs) Um, if you go to our page we have a schedule an appointment or uh you know a questions tab so even if it's you know just a question about why something looks some way um, our inspections are free, um, and we get on more roofs, and we actually encourage to get the insurance involved because not every roof needs to be replaced. So just for peace of mind, to have us out is an incredible benefit. We provide a report. Um, we're refreshingly non-pushy when it comes to the follow-up. It's, hey, this is your scenario. This is how we see it playing out. It's absolutely up to you what you'd like to do, um, which I think is is unique to our industry. So. Um, I think people respond well to that. Um, but, yeah, website or phone and, um, you know, just no calls after 10, which I feel the need to say because it happens all the time. Wow. And how about for Senesta? How do, how, do, how do guests find you? The easiest way would be Senesta.com. Um, that way you can check out all of our lovely properties that we have all over okay. the country. Or you, know, you can call the hotel, 770-923-1775, or stop by. Um, we're more than happy to, to take the guest around and show them what we have. Awesome. And, yeah, and explain what we're doing as far as COVID protocol goes and how we're cleaning things and our time frames and, and, and things like that. So, yeah, we, you know, we don't... We don't service rooms if guests are staying more than, I mean, uh, if they're staying less than seven days. So we'll take them up, towels and sheets, but we just don't we just don't service the room unless, you know, they, hey, we need you to come up and service them. We'll do that for them. But, uh, yeah, we've changed the way that we're doing business like everybody else is. So. Yeah. But that's the easiest way, Sinesta.com. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, thank you all for joining us on Reaching the Summit presented by Pinnacle Custom Signs. Get a more prominent look with your business signage. To see how we can help you help your business reach the summit, visit us on our website at PinnacleCustomSigns.com or on any of our other social media channels. Remember, you could also enjoy any of our episodes at any time by visiting Business Radio X, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then click on Reaching the Summit. You can also find us on your favorite podcast apps such as Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, or any of your other favorite podcast applications. Until next time, for Pinnacle Custom Signs, I'm Teresa Conklin, and with my husband, Don, you've been listening to Reaching the Summit on Business Radio X. Hope you have a great day.